Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Unstoppable Leader podcast. In today's podcast, you'll hear the story of Francisca Izelli. Francisca is a maverick entrepreneur, leading marketing and brand strategist, and a crazy mad adventurer. She's co-founded multiple organizations, and she's had a crazy adventurous life, from living in Costa Rica with a local family at the age of 16, through to riding a motorcycle 12,000 kilometers along the Silk Road from Switzerland to Kazakhstan. Now, Francisca has traveled to over 100 countries and counting. We talk about how Francisca works with the loss of her father, how she got the courage to end her marriage and to write her multiple best-selling books. Her best-selling book, The Courage Map, 13 Principles to Living Boldly, is the reason why we're talking today. It's a wonderful book and helps you map out how to live your life boldly. Now, I've read a lot of books and I still got a lot out of it, so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. We go into my two favorite principles from the book, non-attachment and flow. I hope you get out of it as much as I did. Welcome, everybody, to the Unstoppable Leader podcast with your host, Maria Padicetti. And with me today, I have yet another Unstoppable Leader, Francisca Easily. I better pronounce that correctly. I love your name, by the way. Thanks, Maria. <laughs> and that was very good. That was oh, very good. Oh, I did well. I did well. So Francisca is a maverick entrepreneur, and she is a leading marketing and brand strategist. She's a co-founder of Basic Bananas, The Business Hood, Ocean Lovers, and Moments of Humanity. Is that enough businesses, Francis? Yeah, look, Moments of Humanity is not really a business. It's a, it's a sort of a movement, a kindness movement. And then Ocean Lovers and the Business Hood and Basic Bananas, yeah. Beautiful. And you're on the judging panel for Singularity University. I mean, that's a whole different topic altogether. And you have run think tanks at the United Nations to address sustainability. Very, very impressive, Francesca. You have got an amazing background. I guess the first thing I'm going to ask you is you're from Switzerland. So what had you come to Australia and how did you get started with your first business? Yeah, great question. So I, I grew up in Switzerland. So now I, I often say that I'm a Swazi when people say, what's your accent? I'm like, what accent? I don't have an accent. Clearly, I have a very strong accent. I've been in Australia for 15 years, still have a very Swiss accent. And I came here in 2005 on a scholarship. I was studying in Geneva. In Switzerland, I was doing political science and marketing, and I wanted to go somewhere for another exchange. I did an exchange here when I was 16 in Costa Rica, and then I just felt like I want to go somewhere else. And I just was really drawn to Australia. I've never been here, but I've heard that people are pretty crazy here, and you know, all the animals are deadly, and there's a lot of ocean, which I love. So I just applied to get a scholarship to come and study here, which I then got accepted. And so that's ended up how I ended up here uh, in 2005. And then I was here for a year and a half. I was meant to be here for a year, uh, but fell in love with an Australian surfer, like, you know, the cliche Swiss girl <laughs> comes to Australia, falls in love with an Australian surfer, <laughs> very conventional. <laughs> and then I went home to finish my degrees and came back and, and worked in advertising. And then how I started my first business is I was working in advertising, doing strategy work for corporate, corporate clients. And then 11 years ago, while I was here, suddenly my dad passed away. Back home in Switzerland, he had a heart attack and he was very young still. He was 58. And it was one of those moments where he was, I didn't believe it at first. Of course, my brother, I have an older brother. He had to call me to tell me that the news and at first, I was like, it's impossible. He's young. He was healthy when I last saw him a few months yeah. before that. 
And then when it sank in, when I, the, the reality sank in, I suddenly had this question in my mind. And the question was, if I was to die right now, would I be happy with what I'm doing? And I became very aware of my own mortality. And so I realized that the answer is no, I wouldn't be happy. I can do way more and have, can have a way bigger impact than working in advertising. And so I quit my job and started my first business, which it first started as the name was Global Beat because my dad's name was Beat, which is spelled Beat, B-E-A-T. So I thought wow. so this is a cool name, Global Beat. And then that morphed into Basic Bananas, what's now Basic Bananas. So we changed the name. It sort of, it, it worked, but it didn't really work, so the name. So I think it was a bit more maybe based on sentimental holding on to something. Like nothing you know, wrong dad. with that though. Absolutely nothing no. wrong. And he was young, right? Because you, you mentioned that in your book. He was yeah. only 58. So 58. The young very dad. young. Young yeah. dad. And Which brings was, me beautifully yeah. into your book because I know your dad's mentioned in that book I have to say and I'll say this again I said this to you earlier I've read a number of books and I'm a avid reader so and also listen to a lot of books but I was in tears a few times while reading your book Francisca so beautifully beautifully written so your book is called the courage map 13 principles for living boldly which is perfect for our listeners because the title of this one is about being the unstoppable leader so I couldn't have picked a better guest than you, Francisca, beautifully put. And, and you know what? The first question that I've written down from your book is, would I be happy if I died right now? That got me thinking. It's, it's interesting. Was it, so you were mentioning the first time you thought of that question was when your dad passed away. Yeah. And you've asked that yourself. Have you asked yourself that question over and over All again? All the time. All the time. It's so interesting. I've, I've always lived very deeply i've always as even as a, a teenager and then in my early 20s i've always lived very very hard i've always done things that i wanted to do and lived in different countries but then when he passed away it was just like wow i i really want to live every day almost like this is very cliche but i really want to live every day almost as if it was the last one and a lot of interactions when i have interactions with loved ones with, with my partner or with, with my best friends I always make sure I leave the interaction in a positive way. For example, when I go ride a motorbike now with my partner, I always have to make sure that we kiss before we get on the bike because it, it sounds a bit morbid, but I always say we might never see each other again. It's, wow. pos it's dangerous to ride a motorbike. So I want to make sure I leave every interaction if I can in a good way because what you know what if this was the last moment so that definitely changed a lot when 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 that happened with my dad i definitely asked myself when when i wake up and i'm feeling a little bit like oh something is not feeling really good i ask myself would i be happy with what i'm doing and if no what do i need to change yeah which leads me to that whole journey because i know behind this book was the crazy journey that you took <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me why have you always been into bikes or tell no. the audience first of all what that journey was about and why you did that journey francisca yeah so i had the best worst idea and the best worst <laughs> idea and i have a lot of them but this was definitely one of the the worst <laughs> best also but definitely the best too was to ride a motorbike from switzerland where where my family lives my mom still lives there and my brother ride a motorbike from there along the Silk Road, which is the ancient trade road that Marco Polo made famous through his tales into Kazakhstan. It's 12,000 K through some of the craziest countries and, you know, 
Eastern Europe and then Turkey, Georgia, and Armenia, Iran, and Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, all the stands. And so I just had this idea about three years ago and where I wasn't a very good motorbike rider because I had only been riding bikes for maybe now, maybe seven years or so, but then only a few years. I only started riding motorbikes after my dad passed because my dad used to be really into motorbike riding. But him and I, we clashed a little bit and he wanted me to ride with him and I didn't want to because I was a bit of a rebel. So when he passed, I suddenly got into riding because it's sort of like honoring him and I got really into it. And so I then, about three years ago, had a little bit of a, almost like a very early midlife crisis, not completely midlife yet, but just a few things in my life I was questioning, including my marriage. And also I had, so I had been married for, eight, nine years together with, with an amazing human for maybe 12 or so years, 11, 12 years and running a business for maybe back then nine years. And I just wasn't completely sure that I wanted to continue the same way that I had been for the last eight, nine years. And so I didn't know how to get out of it and how to get perspective on my marriage and, and my life then. And so I thought, what if I put myself into a situation that is really challenging and where I have to think a lot in my helmet. And I call it the helmet time where you think a lot in your helmet. You have eight hours, nine hours a day to think. And that's really, that was one of the drivers. I just wanted to solve a few things in my head. <laughs> wow, wow. And, and you took on a challenging one. I mean, there were some parts of the book where I actually was like, oh my Lord, how did you do that? Because you fell off your bike. That's a whole different story. Yeah. I don't know how you did that. But um, for those who are listening what is the intention? I, I know it goes through and it's beautifully because you've got a journal that is, is almost like that's available to download that you do. There are exercises in the book that you do and it goes through those 13 principles, right? To, to yeah. be courageous. Um, what is your favorite one? Because I'm going to pick two to talk about and you can't steal those. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Which one? would you think is your because I love all 13 of them because I have as I was reading I was, I was like I just got faster and faster at reading it because it was so good you know what I've got the book right in front of me here oh, please go ahead. I would have well I would have picked the two that what? you're picking are, are are my in my top so the yes. two that you're picking are my top then also what's in my top is definitely playfulness yes playfulness is one of my favorite ones because I, I feel like that. especially now too there's or always, you know, even when we go through dark things in life or, or when things are not going so well, if we can come at even business and life with a little bit of playfulness, I find that very, very attractive. And then, of course, a little bit more, the, you know, a bit more the, the softer ones, love and the, there's one on love and there's one on kindness. They're really beautiful. Too. Yes. So and I would you know think, what? Yeah. yeah. I have to say, this book almost landed at the right time, Francisca. Oh I read throws and it's all about courage and right now how important is it right it's a blessing that it's just landed just right now yeah it wasn't planning like that because it was meant to come out last year before the pandemic and then I agreed on a, a deal with a publisher and then they stretched it out another half a year or so because wow. they had to go through it again and you know do what they do and so that's why it came out in May 2020 which is a, a coincidence and it's perfect timing it's a great message 
right now. Yeah, synchronicity. Yeah, synchronicity. I mean, I, I know there are so many questions. The one that I told you originally is one of my favorite. And then I, my other favorite question is, what decisions would you make and what actions would you take if you had all the courage in the world? Can you speak to that a little bit, Francisca? What made you write that? And, and have you several times in your life done that? And do you keep asking yourself that question? I always ask myself that question. And it's, I think this is almost, I love how you dissected this book and, and you know, how much it touched you because it touches me when I hear people like you share what it's done for you. So that question that you just asked, then it's almost the reason why I've written this book is to share a journey and then hoping with the intention that other people will ask themselves that question. If they had the courage, what would they do? So for me, to be honest, this is very, very still raw and vulnerable and I don't talk a lot about it, but I definitely asked myself that question in my relationship, in my marriage. Because when people looked at our marriage, it looked great. I mean, again, my, now my ex-husband, we're still really good friends. We're still soulmates. We will always be soulmates. It just, it, so my, so where, when I asked myself the question in, the, in that relationship, for example, what would I do if I had the courage? And I, what, if I, what would I do if I had the courage? And what would I do if I knew that the universe always has our backs, mine and his? And the answer would be I would exit this relationship and it would become something else, a different kind of partnership, which it has. And it was the scariest and most difficult thing I've ever done is to leave a relationship with a man that is absolutely amazing. And, and we have so much love for each other still, and we always will. And it was now, back then I had moments where I'm like, this was maybe yeah, very courageous, but this was probably the wrong thing to do because he's such a beautiful human. And only now, two years later, I realized that it was the right decision for, for me and him wow. to, to do that. And that I could only do this by asking myself, what would I do if I had the courage? So that's one example. It's a bit of an emotional example, but you know, different things like what would I, when I started my business, my first business, basic bananas, what, how would I set it up if I had the courage? How would I build my businesses if I had the courage to build it in a way that I wanted, how I want it to be? And it was always, I always wanted to build my business to support my values. And one of my top values is freedom. So if I have the freedom to, not right now, but if I have the freedom to go home to Switzerland as much as I can and to travel still a lot without feeling like I'm getting trapped in something, then that's the right business to build. And that's how I've made the decisions and, and had to be courageous in saying yes or no to certain things. You are certainly very brave and courageous, Francisca. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, I know um, it takes courage to write a book because I know there are so many people, I get emotional when I say this, but there are so many people who've got stories to tell, but they don't have the courage to tell. So, I mean, really, really kudos to you for having the courage to write this book and to share your journey. Because if it helped me, I'm sure it'll help a lot of other people. Yeah, help and with the book, you know, with books, this is my third book, but this is my first book that is a bit personal. The the first two books they were all about marketing and brand strategy, and every time I started a new book, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is like, <laughs> yeah, courage, maybe yes, but also this this it's a lot of work. It, it goes into it. If you want it to be your best work, there's you need so much persistence persistence to to go to the finish line.
Well, well, I love at the end of every one of these principles, you have questions. And I think those questions were really, really good. I know you call them different things and I'm not going to say what they are because I want the readers to actually buy the book. But I just love the way you've written it so that you've got probing questions at the, at the end of each one of these principles, which is really what gets you thinking. And it mm -hmm. covers pretty much a gamut of lots of things. So I'm going to now go into the two that are my favorite principles, because for me, they're the hardest and yet, if you actually conquer them, if you if you can ever really conquer them, are the two that would be the most beneficial, I believe, in my humble opinion, for the audience and for anybody who's listening. So the first principle to to live a bold life is non-attachment. So can you tell me what you mean by that? Yeah. And, and how one can do that. I'm so glad that you picked this one because this is one of my favorite ones, especially because it's also one of the hardest ones. And I'm still learning, you know, I've written these principles and non-attachment is not something that I have come up with. This is something that I actually heard for the first time. I was at a silence meditation retreat and the guy, one of the lecturers talked about it and I'm like, wow, this is, this is a really cool thing to, to try and, and embrace in life. So what I mean by non-attachment is to feel detachment from a certain outcome that we can't control so that's one thing so so not feeling attached to certain outcomes we can't control which a lot of humans we get attached to we get attached to our goals we get attached to our desires we get attached to expectations and because of attachments to to these certain expectations we can also get disappointed and we can then often feel feelings like sadness or, or as I said disappointment or, or even depression or anxiety so it's attachment to something we can't control and also of course uh, attachment to stuff you know stuff is just stuff I've, always, I've never really had a huge problem with materialistic things I think for me stuff is always stuff and I've always been more into experiences but I do like nice things I mean I, I like I like living in a nice beach apartment and I like the nice flowers behind me and I like my instruments and i like my surfboards but you don't want to get super attached to them so there's a really cool quote that i share in the book by someone who said that i'm paraphrasing he said that non-attachment is not that you can't own anything but it's that nothing owns you so you don't want to be owned wow. stuff or emotions or certain outcomes and that's why especially right now in times of uncertainty if we can embrace more non-attachment to outcomes that we can't control, it's a lot smoother to ride through this crazy roller coaster right now because we can't control it anyway. Every day is different and every day is slightly crazy sometimes, but we can't control that. So we can only control how we react and how we respond to what's going on right now. And that's really useful. Can you repeat that quote again, Francesca? I loved it. Yeah, I so the quote is I loved it. Beautiful. Yeah, it says along the lines of non-attachment is not that you can't own anything, but that nothing owns you. Beautiful. Absolutely Amazing. beautiful. I think, I don't know where in your book this came up, but you actually, and I thought it's so relevant right now for everything that we're going through, because everybody is fearful of losing everything. And I think you asked that question in your book, and I thought, oh my goodness, yes. you asked that question, what if you lost everything? Like, what is the worst case? If you, if you lost everything you have, relationships, stuff, business, whatever it is, if you lost everything, how would it be? Is yeah. that right, Francisca? Is yeah. that what the question? That yeah, was a exactly. powerful question. 
Yeah, I wanted to people with, to experiment with that thought because I've done it and it's very beneficial. So I've, I've had times when maybe I felt like, hmm, do I have too much attachment to stuff? You know, am I too attached to, to my environment or to my relationships or to, to things that I'm doing? And when I had this, these periods, I'm like, this is, it's not healthy. It's better if I can be so zen, which I, which of course I'm not always, but I'm, I am striving to get super non-attached to things. And so I played with this experiment in my mind where I thought, what if I lost everything? What if I lost my businesses, which meant that I lost my income, I lost my relationships, I lost my home. What if I lost everything? What would happen? And then I just put myself into this situation in my head. I'm like, I guess you'll work it out again. You start from the bottom again, or, you know, I might move mm. to Bali and surf for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Selling uh, maybe some bracelets, handmade <laughs> bracelets or something. I don't know. We'll find a way. I, I think you answer that question. You actually say, when you think about that, you'll realize that you'll be fine because you will pull yourself out of it. I think yes. every single individual on this planet will find a way out. Yes, you can. I mean, we've seen it, we've done it, we've all done it. And, and I think it's a really good way when you feel that way and you know that you would be okay. You also, well, let's talk, for example, in terms of relationships, but also in terms of relationships with things, but with other humans, you don't go into relationships needy. You go into relationships only with, with an open heart and with love. And you, don't, you know that you don't need this other person or these other people but you like to enjoy time with them and vice versa. And when you don't come in needy, I think it's a different level of relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So All the friend, I mean, friendships, same with not just romantically, but friendships, relationships, partnerships and yeah. business too. Right. Cause if you did that with exactly. no attachment and you did it with complete courage, yeah. the decisions you make would probably be 10 times, hundred times more powerful and better than those made from yeah. fear. Absolutely. This is just crazy. Yeah. The next one is my other favorite. Both of these are hard, by the way. I by no means have mastered either one of these, but flow. You've got to explain this one because it, it always, I'm, I'm a science engineering graduate, so it just does my head in sometimes. I love the concept. Yeah. I, yeah. I grapple with getting hold of it. <laughs> I love it. You know, flow, actually, it is also one of my favorite ones. For me, flow is very, 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 very easy. It's one of my easier ones. But yeah. I know that for most people, it's, for a lot of people, it's not. So what I explain in the book is that there's a, we, I came up with the concept of this, this flow spectrum. And people are on a certain, at a certain point in the flow spectrum. So you can either be, and this is sort of naturally, you know where you are, and then you can stretch yourself a little bit. So you can either be on the very, let's say, on the very left over here where you're all flow. And it means that you're very comfortable with not having any plans. You don't really know where you're going to have dinner tonight until it's dinner time. You don't, you just go with the flow. When you travel, you don't book too many places. You, you sort of roughly know where you're going, but you just sort of let things flow. That's very much my style. Yeah. And it can drive people crazy. I had one travel friend with me, Mike, for some of the journey, and he's a little bit more over here, a bit more control, planned, needs to have, needs to know where he's going to sleep and eat. And so in the beginning, we drove each other a little bit crazy because I'm over here. It's like, don't worry, Mike, we're going to work it out. We just go with the flow. We can sleep. Otherwise, if we don't find somewhere to sleep, somebody will invite us. He's like, no, we need to know where to go. So, <laughs> he, so then you have, so you can drive each other nuts when you, when you 
travel together or when you are in a partnership together because over here you have people that are a little bit more they need control freak to <laughs> yeah you can call it the control freak also it is actually i didn't want to say that but you said it but it's a little bit control freakish yes. where you need to be in control and if you don't it's the i think anthony robbins talks about the need for uncertainty and then yes. he talks about the certainty so some people have a huge need for certainty they need to know the details they need to know when and how and where and they're also the people that plan their meal plans for the week in advance they prepare things and then over here it's like i'll figure it out on monday what i'm gonna eat what i'm gonna eat on monday <laughs> and so on that flow spectrum what what you can do is because life is so unpredictable and even more so now the metaphor that i like to use that is helping me a lot is i see life almost like a river so let's say we are in this river because the river has quirks and bends and it goes left and right and sometimes it has an undercurrent sometimes there's a rock in the river and if you think that that's like life right if you think that you're just like the water in the river going along this life that you're living and sometimes you hit a rock it's in your way and you're like, okay, I can either scream at this rock or I can just flow around it. Sometimes you get a bit stuck like water. Sometimes you get stuck behind the rock and you sort of swirl until you come around, but eventually it'll come around. And it's the same with life. So if I always imagine when I'm in this sort of crazy thing called life, I sometimes think, okay, I'm just like the water right now. I'm hitting a rock in, let's say in business or in life. I'm like, Okay, it's cool. Uh, I'll work my way around it eventually. It's not being forceful. It's more being fluid and graceful. And it's the same with this flow spectrum. You can be on this side where you need to know every single detail. But right now, that's these times right now are really a lot harder for the control freaks because you can't oh, control. Well, there's nothing everything. you can control. No. no. <laughs> and you don't even know, are the kids going to go to school? Are they not going to school? Are you homeschooling? Can you go to the shops? Can you not go to the shops? You don't know. <laughs> this is the <laughs> ultimate test for people who well, need 100%. Control. And yeah. also, it's a beautiful time to practice flow. Because yeah. I was just thinking, see, flow is also about having faith. And yeah, it's trust. Yeah. Trust and faith. I mean, I, I guess a bit of both. It is both. Yeah. So that, yeah. That, that's a tricky thing, trusting and, and letting go. Um, uh, when I was reading your book, uh, for me, a couple of things came up. A while ago, I read um, right behind me is Oprah. There, I actually read a, a watched, sorry, a video that she talks about surrendering. Oh, and yeah, I love that. I love surrendering. Yeah. Goodness, I have watched, and that's what this whole, the whole, actually, your entire book is all about. You know, I could talk to you for hours, Francisca. <laughs> I I'm here. I feel very, I feel very comfortable. Let's just keep talking. Like keep it. talking. But I was just thinking, what impact would you like your book to have? Not just on the audience, but all of the readers who read this, because I would love for your book to end up in as many hands as possible, especially right now, because I know it'll have an impact. Thank you. So many different things. And, and I feel like because there are certain principles and they're quite different, different people will get different things out of the book and they will always get exactly what they need. And then maybe they will come back and read it again and get something else. But if, if I could just choose one thing, it would be two, my big read, I'm going to go with two things. One is if, I would love to see a world 
where people are more truthful to themselves. I would love to see a world where people are not so worried about what other people are saying or doing or how they're looking or how they're not looking. And I just, I'd love to see more people that honor themselves and respect themselves and, and stand in their truth. And one of the principles I talk about is truth because I know that when you do that, when you own your own truth, you also respect other people's truths. You don't need to judge them for their skin color or their status or wow. what they say or do. And that all always starts with yourself. So honoring yourself and owning your own truths first. And when you do that, you can go through life without being judgmental. And I think that for me would be incredible because of that we really need that right now. And then of course, the second thing is the kindness. You know, I, I think one of the principles is kindness and one of my favorite mantras or i call it the travel tune in the book is to always respond with kindness and if if we if every person that reads the book can take on this mantra and go through life remembering when we're about to explode at someone remember quickly breathe and go wait a second instead of shouting back or biting back wait a second respond with kindness okay <laughs> so let's start again <laughs> so so that would be the second one it's just for you know, for us all to, to bring a bit more kindness. Yes, absolutely. I, I think you, you actually go into an example of when you were sitting in, uh, standing in a queue at the, <laughs> yes. one of the American outlets. He did a great job. So, so I guess when someone's annoying you, you're suggesting just breathe. Yeah, you know what? And I, I'm very fiery. So for me, I need to take, I, I take my own advice and it's working. It's definitely working. So Fantastic. because I, you know, I have a lot of passion and, uh, and there are things that trigger me, especially things like racism. I have a huge trigger for that. So when, and I've met people, I spoke in the book about yes. it. I met one guy, the Russian guy who helped me fix my bike and because I had a flat tire. And then I met him and his girlfriend in the bar in the night in, in Kazakhstan. And he turned out to be a Nazi. And I'm like, sitting there, I'm like, whoa. And, you know, naturally I could bang, you know, go like, what? And then I realized, wait a second, how is that going to help anyone? So how about one moment? I was speechless anyway, because yes. I wasn't expecting that. He had a swastika tattoo. And, but I didn't want to judge him either. Like I didn't want to be judgmental either, because what's that going to help also? It's not going to help. So I, I have to take my own advice and just go, wait a second. Just relax for a minute, breathe. And then, okay, now respond with kindness and try to understand where this person is coming from rather than charging them and it was very interesting to see where he was coming from it yeah. you know I, I i understood i don't um agree at all of course but i understood what his journey was about it was beautiful well i would recommend that people do read your book so how do they get hold of your book yeah so the best place it's available on different channels like amazon and barnes and nobles and audible it's coming out and it all the links are on the website thecouragemap.com yes. so you can just type in thecouragemap.com yeah. yeah it will take you to the book page where it has all the links and also the journal that you mentioned the free journal is you also can download one thing i missed to say is that your forward is by sir richard branson yes i'm very so well grateful. done I'm very, I'm, i feel very fortunate i had to go to necker allen to ask him personally well that took that took courage too, Francisco. <laughs> so oh you did God. it. Yeah, my heart was racing when I asked. Best him. forward ever, and he did it. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Yeah, he did it. He, he was beautiful with his words. 
Absolutely. So thank you so much for your time. I wanted you to read out a letter, but you know what? I'm going to actually probably post it on our website, which is the finishing touch to your book, The Love Letter from Courage. I'm not going to get you to read it now because I want people to absorb that because that in itself is a beauty. Um, there's right. lots of nuggets. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for being vulnerable. And I think this book of yours will be a success because I have not read your previous books, but anytime you are as authentic as you have been in that book and courageous, as courageous as you've been in that book, you can't fail. Thank you so much. So I'm almost a little so bit in much. tears. So thank you for being so kind and thoughtful and sharing this work and for doing the work that you're doing here and taking the time to bring your wisdom and thoughts into the world. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much. And lots of, lots of love to you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Maria. And all the listeners too. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for tuning into the Unstoppable Leader Podcast with me, your host, Maria Pettisetti. And if I may ask you for a favor, please drop me a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. I'd love your feedback and love to hear what you think. And if you want to stay up to date with me and the business that I'm in, then please check out my LinkedIn page, Maria Padicetti, or our website, theunstoppableleader.com. That is theunstoppableleader.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be unstoppable. Unstoppable.